Welcome back, everybody, to the Go In The Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. We're on Zoom once again. Yup. Sounded pretty good last week. We're trying it again. Yeah, and plus we usually record Skylar's Garage does not have AC and it's currently 95 degrees while we are fil- filming this. So uh decided to play it safe and not be in the 95 degree weather for an hour that's another factor yeah but episode 48 yeah uh should be a fun one a lot of baseball again a little bit of training camp news a little tiny bit of nba summer league uh then our normal bets as usual but first off as we do every episode yeah what's your favorite number 48 i gotta go with tory hunter you know played for the rival angels for a couple years which i don't like but uh just a fun guy to watch his entire career uh, obviously had the glove and the speed uh, mm. through the entire 20 years, but finally got that back going and just a great career. I mean, that's, these are the guys I like that probably won't get into the hall of fame, you know, just cause other guys did it all for their mm. entire career. But it, you know, the hall of very good. Very <laughs> honor. Yeah. The hall of very good is a very good hall. Yeah. Uh, but I got three guys. First off, a hockey player, Tomas Hurtel, uh, Hurdle, is a player for the Sharks. He's been a beast uh, his whole career, one-time All-Star. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, he's one of my favorite players on the Sharks, despite the little bit of hockey that I do watch. <laughs> uh, another guy, Dave Stewart, uh, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, I mean, at least in Oakland A's history. He was very dominant throughout his Hometown hero. Yeah, World Series champ in 89, threw a perfect game, right? Not just yes. a no-hitter. Yeah, threw a perfect game. Uh, good career for him. And then according to this website that's called Ranker.com, it has the most famous number one or number uh, 48 is Jacob deGrom, which I think is fair at this yeah. point. Uh, obviously, he's the GOAT right now as far as pitching goes. Uh Hopefully he's back on the hill soon because he's been hurt for like the last month. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about the Grom's Mets and uh, what's going on over there. So I don't really have a full headline here. I just said, what's going on with the NL East? We hey, have Kyle, the What about the best thing we saw? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's true. I, I saw that possible segue. Going yeah. in from NL East to NL East. It was a perfect was like, segue, shit. but we'll just come up with a new one. So we'll pause that right there. <laughs> oh, I actually found another segue, uh, but we'll talk about that here in a sec. But my opener, as I forgot to do, is uh, Charles Woodson being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Tom Flores, a uh, legendary Raiders coach, was also inducted into the Hall of Fame. But Seawood was obviously the guy that I got to experience more. Uh, one of my favorite players growing up uh, when he came back for the Raiders was when I really – saw him because uh, I wasn't a football fan 05 when I was four years old. So uh, it's good to see him getting inducted. His speech was quite emotional, thanking his family and his all the friends that went along the way. And he kind of brought a whole like a together kind of atmosphere uh, in that speech. So I digged it. Uh, it was a fun, fun weekend looking at all the pro F- football hall of fame inductees. All right. I'm going to go with football as well. Uh, Jets camp has been pretty exciting. Obviously, I can't go there. I don't live in New Jersey. 
But uh, we see clips online, uh, stuff like Carl Lawson versus Mackay Becton battles. You know, Carl Lawson's had the upper hand so far. When they get pads on, I think it's going to change up a little bit, though. Elijah Moore, the second-round receiver, turning into a star already in two weeks of practice. Um, the emergence of sixth-rounder Hamsa Nazrul Dean. Robert Sala sees something in that dude. Right now, he's slated to start at outside linebacker. And, of course, Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback, finally got the contract signed. He's been practicing for the past week. Finally got the job done. That is indeed true. And here's my transition. What did the Jets play, Skyler? <laughs> Just play in New Jersey. Damn it. I knew you were going to say that. They play in New York, the <laughs> metropolitan area. And the Mets play in the metropolitan area That's true. as well. That's and true. their division is crazy right now. Currently, the Mets are in third place. Uh, Ronald Acuna list Braves are in second place. And the Phillies are actually winning the division right now in first place uh, with a, like an eight-game win streak going on right now. We'll talk more about Bryce Harper in another segment. But what is going on in the NL East? What do you see what's happening here? So what I think is happening is no Acuna and no DeGrom means this is a very even division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess to wrap it up quickly, I like Philly because of their rotation. Their lights out right now. We thought it was going to be the Mets. Obviously, they've had some injuries. But uh, Zach Wheeler is pitching like the Cy Young winner right now, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, the guys they traded for from Texas, they're going to be pretty big. Yeah, Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy already been some decently big acquisitions for them. And a, a big acquisition that we saw in that division was uh, Javi Baez going to the Mets. And, I mean, you look at Javi Baez, how he's been this year. And I know Lindor and Baez haven't played together yet, so that might spark, uh, I don't know, they might play like superstars again once they play mm-hmm. together. But those two hitters combined are just league average hitters. Like, they're, yeah. they're nothing crazy right now. I mean, Baez has 20-plus home runs, but... I mean, he's striking out 35% of the time, and he's not putting together good at-bats. So I think as of right now, I mean, I have, there's no reason for us not to pick the Phillies. I mean, Acuna's not coming back. I mean, DeGrom probably will come back, but we don't know what's going, the going thing, on over I, there. I guess my – what I sorry, go ahead. No, all you, all you. All right, well, you know, my statement was a little disrespectful to Atlanta. They've been on a, a bit of a tear recently, but I just feel like – you know, they got rentals and they weren't the type of rentals you go after when you're trying to make a playoff run. They were the guys you get. So you don't have to start uh 28 year old dudes from double a on your roster. Like the Cubs are doing, you know? Yeah. I feel that. And, and going back to the Mets, we, we still don't know. So I know what's going on with like Syndergaard and stuff like that. And yeah. I mean, guys are underperforming on their team. Conforto's had a rough year. Uh, just throughout, they just haven't been the same. Jeff McNeil, another guy like that. So I don't, I mean, as momentum's going right now and how teams are taken, the Mets are on the down tick and the Phillies mm-hmm. are on the uptick. But with that being said, Phillies are playing the Dodgers right now. They're in a rain delay currently in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, but I don't know. Dodgers can make some things change in that division because of just how good they are and they can make some teams lose. But all right, on to Bryce Harper, on to the mm. Phillies. Stay on the topic. There's been a lot of MVP talks in the past week about Bryce Harper. And with, I mean, DeGrom pretty much being out of the running, Acuna obviously being out of the running, and Tatis, I mean, he's still got a chance. Yeah. He still has a chance, but he's, I mean, he's running that, that line of uh, missing too many games to be that guy that gets it, especially when there's a guy like Bryce Harper 
playing the way that he has. He's got 20 home runs. He's been he's been obviously having great at bats. He's got an OBP over 400. I mean, is Bryce Harper now the NL MVP? I don't think it's ridiculous to say that, but here's something I was surprised to see. Okay, Tatis only has six less at bats than Bryce Harper this year. What about plate appearances? Probably a different story, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Tatis strikes out a lot. All right. It's not walking a lot, but the point is, I mean, I, I feel like Tatis season, if he comes back in a week, like he's supposed to plays a good center field, which is another weird thing going on in San Diego. I think it's going to be hard not to give it to him. I think the Bryce Harper talk is, is for real. I think he's deserving. He's going to get some good votes, but uh, Tatis with the 31 homers and what he did so far already, if he can keep even a, a decently close pace, it should be his to lose. Yeah. As of right now, Harper has 23 more plate appearances. So okay. relatively close, but I mean, still at that point, Tatis has a 373 uh, OBP and Harper has higher than uh, 410. Yeah. So, I mean, they're a little bit different as far as that goes uh, walking and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I got no reason to say Bryce Harper isn't the MVP, just like how the Phillies have no reason to not be my favorite pick to, to win the division. Because, I mean, Tatis has been good. Obviously, he's been amazing, and he's definitely worthy uh, if he does return soon and play at the level that he's been playing all year. But with the injury that he's had, I mean, it's not the same. It's the exact same injury, obviously, as it was early in the year, but it's not the same injury as in severity and stuff like that. Because once something happens like that multiple times, it's, it's going to linger for a long time. And it's, it's something that you have to get surgery on. So, I mean, we'll see that obviously in the off season with the tease, but it's, it's, it's kind of scary if you're a Padres fan and how that team is looking right now in their direction, because the Padres are just a few games up of the reds. And I mean, even if the Phillies have a worse record, but if they win the division, you can't stop Bryce here. And there's no reason why he isn't going to be, DNL MVP. I would be opposed. You know, I'm taking Tatis if he comes back, doesn't get re-injured and mm-hmm. stays on pace, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, it's a good good conversation. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not gonna be talking about the AL MVP because that's a whole nother conversation with Vladdy and Shohei. We'll have that conversation another day. We're gonna talk about the Red Sox now and the collapse mm-hmm. of the Red Sox. They were in Toronto over the weekend, they lost three out of four couple heartbreakers on Marcus Semien hit a walk-off home run and again those zero zero in the seventh because of double header rules they blew a seven to two lead against the, the Blue Jays they, again that weekend with Matt Barnes giving up with a big through and home run they uh gave the lead to the Blue Jays they got absolutely destroyed on uh I believe Friday I think it's either Friday or Thursday and I mean, Hansel Robles was giving up bombs and staring up, staring at the Blue Jays dugout, and they were just laughing at him. And so that whole momentum and stuff like that, like that's a big thing in baseball. And the Blue Jays have it right now, and the Red Sox don't. Are they going to hold on to a playoff spot? Uh, we had a similar conversation. Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a similar conversation, uh, a, I think, two weeks ago. And obviously, I'm a little more concerned now, but I'm going to keep the same theme here. There's a lot of guys that should be coming back. We don't know if they're going to be 100%, but this isn't the Red Sox team right now that we're going to see battling at the end of October. Or Sorry, not the end, the beginning of October, mm-hmm. you know, into the playoffs. 
So I, I'm not panicking yet. Yeah, it's it's hard in a situation like this to say that the Red Sox aren't going to make it because, I mean, they do have only two and a half, two and a half game lead. But, I mean, they're the Red Sox. I mean, they've been so, like, I don't want to say wishy-washy throughout the season, but they've they've had stretches where they looked like they were going to slow down. And I know where they win five, six in a row, and they're right back in the heat of things. So I think the Red Sox keep this spot. I know Schwarber had a minor setback with his injury. We don't really know what that means right now, but it's, he's not coming back as soon as we thought. And we know Chris Sale's coming back on Saturday. And when you get a guy in your rotation – that is Cy Young caliber. That's going to send a jolt throughout the clubhouse. It's going to send confidence to him. And I think winning that game that Chris Sale goes out and pitches is going to be a huge thing for the Red Sox because if they don't win that game, that that says, oh, we can't even win with this guy. We can't win with a guy like Chris Sale. Well, we're not we're not capable of doing some great things. But if I mean, if you win there, set sets a tone, set dominance. So I think that game means a lot. If the Red Sox lose that game, they don't make the playoffs. If they win that game, they do make the playoffs as either the first or second wild card. Yeah. All right. A little action-packed first half. Let's take it to halftime. Let's go to halftime. All right. Well, uh, let's start halftime off with uh, some big news in the NFL. Josh Allen, the surprising star from last season. Bill's quarterback signs the six-year $258 million extension with the bills and uh you know the interesting thing about this contract is it's deserving he got what he needed you know he didn't get ripped off like we've seen some other guys and especially other sports like baseball but it's also Mm -hmm. team friendly especially right now with the bills they're in a little bit of a pickle with uh, the city they're going to be playing in in the future uh the bills don't want to pay for a new stadium, the bills are like, Hey, we're, we're, you know, the brand new bills, we need a new stadium or we'll move to Austin, Texas. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a real threat that they're going to move. I feel like Buffalo it would be hard for them to let their team leave, but it's yeah. interesting. Something to think about. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, some more Watson news. We have the, <laughs> the weekly Deshaun Watson update. He's practicing been doing this for a year, bro. I know he's at training camp. He's practicing. Yeah, crazy. He's taking starting reps, um, but they still don't know if he's going to be there for week one. That, I mean, this is the craziest thing because out of all the scenarios that we had and we talked about through six months ago to a month ago to three months ago, from the beginning to the middle to the end, this was never what we thought was going to happen. I mean, obviously he still wants to be traded. I just, do you even see a possible way that that trade is going to be completed like by week one? Like I just, at this point, I feel like it's, it's nothing like he, he's going to be on Houston and we just never, that was the outcome that none of us even expected. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't see a trade happening. I think there's either two things are going to happen. He's either going to suck it up and play until he gets uh, arrested (laughs) or not, or he's just going to sit out this year. Like my original prediction which is interesting uh, for Houston, for sure. But, hey, they got Tyrod Taylor. That's a savvy vet right there. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And we'll see who takes Deshaun Watson in fantasy because you know it's going to happen. All right. Uh, One last note about the quarterback situations in the NFL. Indianapolis, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Carson Wentz with the foot injury from high school. He now needs surgery, re-injured it. Um, 
What we didn't know, though, is that he's going to be out at least eight weeks of the regular season. Yeah. Uh, so that leads to, as of right now, Jacob Eason, the youngster from Washington and Georgia, slated to be the starter, uh, which is is go ahead. I did see that Sam Ellinger took first team reps he did. today I'm uh, getting there. in practice, or maybe that was yesterday, but I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but right. a team that we thought was one of the main teams in the AFC now looks as like it's somewhat afterthought when they don't have a QB. Yeah. All right. So like you said, Sam Ellinger, he's the indie fan favorite to be the starter mm-hmm. just because he could do some Taysom Hill stuff over there. And uh, obviously that's exciting. Uh, and I don't think that's going to be likely just because he's, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say the short quarterback without a strong arm can't succeed in the NFL. Cause we've seen it over and over again, but it's Damn. tough. And also that's uh, <laughs> no knock on Sam Ellinger. It's just, it's his physical traits, you know, it's not yeah. my opinion. I got you. Uh, I got you. And then the last guy, we got Brent Hundley quarterback from UCLA. He backed up Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years, recently signed, Right now, he's slated as the number four guy. I think that's very possible that he starts week one, though. Brett Hundley? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you got to – you gotta. I obviously, I think you got to trust the internal guys more, like Ellinger and, and Eason. I mean, Eason, what, this is his second yeah. year? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he saw Phillip Rivers last year. He saw Jacoby Brissett. He saw all those guys. He's definitely learned a lot. And uh, what we kind of knew about him coming out of, out of uh, college is that he was he was pretty raw. Like it, I yeah. mean, he, he's got a strong arm. <laughs> he's got a strong arm. He's got potential, but he didn't really have a direction. And maybe that Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett combination gave him a direction, and we'll see that hopefully over the preseason and week one. All right. Uh, now we're going to move into some basketball news. The NBA Summer League started. The Summer League's always exciting for a little bit. Somewhat. You know, yeah. somewhat exciting when you get to see the rookies and some of the guys uh, who are trying to make a team that are, mm-hmm. you know, league favorites. Leangelo Ball. Yeah, Leangelo Ball is balling out. Oh. I mean, yeah, like, oh, geez. Uh, he had like 15, 16 points in both of, the, both of his games. So, obviously saw that all over Bleacher Report. Uh, yeah. and. And I assume we'll continue to see it. Oh, yeah. Um, which is exciting. And I'll talk about some more Summer League later at the end of the show. Ooh. All right. Uh, but the number five player in the 2022 basketball recruiting class, Amani Bates, everybody knows him. He's the next KD on paper. I'm not okay. saying he is on paper. Uh, he is reclassifying, reclassing, however you want to say it, uh, to this year's class. Which is interesting. We could see him playing college basketball this year. Mm-hmm. The only problem, which I just realized, is that he won't be turning 19 at the time of the draft this year. And uh, which is fine. They changed it. They changed the rules. When? Um, I think two years ago. I mean, Kaminga is 18. But I think he was uh, an extra year removed. I have no clue. However, whatever the rule is, Amani Bates can't go into the draft next year. So some people think he might go overseas. He might play one year in college, one year in G League, which would, I mean, only solidify his number one pick selection, right? Yeah, that's true. That's kind of crazy. I mean, we have uh, prospects in back-to-back weeks where they reclass. From Obviously, I mean, 
different sports, but yeah. I mean, Quinn Ewers and now Imani Bates is kind of crazy to see. And that's probably the main thing is because the of the, the money thing, the name and likeness. Oh yeah. Cause those guys got a big name and they got a lot of likeness. Mm-hmm. I like them. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, another guy that I like a lot, Luka Doncic Mavericks guard and star. He gets paid finally 207 million less than Steph Curry. But I think he is pretty fine with that one. That's crazy. I mean, mm. Luca just what three years, four years ago was just some European dude that the Mavs <laughs> took a chance on. And now he's making 200 mil, which is crazy. It is. It's great to see. And, uh, but he did not get the gold medal. He didn't get the silver get either. Medal. Didn't get Wait, any no, he medals. Did they get bronze? Slovenia? I think they might have gotten. I think Italy or something. I don't. I don't. I don't think he did. I don't know. He didn't Anyways. get bronze. Uh, he, I mean, he didn't get silver and he didn't get gold. That's for yeah. sure. Mm. It's well, who did get gold though? USA basketball gets the gold medal uh, fourth time in a row. Man, that was. Uh, if you watched that gold medal game, USA played not. horrible. They played I horrible. Um, but you know what? France was even worse. And they threw the game away. So USA's got the gold. I think everyone on that team can now sleep at night, even though it was a terrible tournament. They got it done. Yeah. I mean, the Olympics, like, as far as basketball goes, like, we're supposed to win, and it's great if you win gold, but it's kind of like a lose-lose, you know, for for the U.S. I mean, if we don't win, we're just going to get shit on. And if you do win, it's like, oh, you were supposed to do this anyway. So... Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a fun experience for the athletes, but I'm, I'm sure it puts a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. But one sport we couldn't get it done in was the baseball team. We lost to Japan in the gold medal game, but That's okay. I'm, I'm proud of the guys. Japan's got all their pros out there. They take a break for the Olympics and we had minor leaguers and Todd Frazier. Yeah. Uh, but we might have one soon major leaguer on that oh, yeah. team is Nick Allen, the starting shortstop for the USA team. A's number three prospect. He was sitting in double A Midland uh, for this whole year, except for when he went to Tokyo, obviously. Yeah. And now he's coming back and he's going to Vegas to triple A team for the A's. And uh, I think me and Skyler are both excited about that because he's been raking oh, yeah. this year. Yeah. He's one of some of the best defense out of anybody. He's in, got the, uh, the he probably leagues. got a stronger arm than Chappie, I think. Ooh, that's very bold. I wouldn't, bold. I wouldn't go that far. It is bold, far. but uh, there's some clips out there, some crazy throws. We'll see. All right. <laughs> I mean, fun defense. So if we get them on the on the left side of the diamond next year, for sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, some sad news here to end my topics. Uh, Bobby Bowden, Florida State football head coach, legend, passes away. Sad man. We saw Deion Sanders give a speech. Um, mm-hmm. It's just <sighs> ever since Jimbo Fisher. I love Jimbo Fisher. I think he he's a great coach. He brought. Uh, a really troubled team to the championship in 2015 with Jameis. Uh, but ever since Bobby left, Florida State has been a little downhill. Yeah. He lived a long life, though. Good life mm-hmm. for Bobby. 93-something yeah. uh, years old like that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah we got one more topic yeah. before we end off halftime. And that's the MLB possible playoff expansion. Not this year, but they're mm-hmm. going to look into it at probably – the winter meetings i'd assume or something like that yeah uh in this coming season oh new cba yeah the new cba but here is what 
I have I have a little paragraph I'm going to read you guys. It says MLB is proposing to expand playoffs to 14 teams once the current collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, expires in 2021. The change may happen in 2022. There could be four wild card teams and three division winners per league. Only the, the division winner with the best record gets the first round bye into the division series, which is interesting. I'm not a big fan of MLB expansion of the playoffs. I think the MLB exclusivity, exclusivity, whatever you want to call it, uh, to the playoffs is a big thing. Because, uh, I mean, you work 162 games for it. And, I mean, pretty much only eight teams are there once uh, the first two days of the playoffs are gone. So I, I would have been fine with 12, but 14, I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah, we saw a little sneak peek of this last year, and it was mm-hmm. interesting for sure. Exciting for sure, but deserved? Probably not. No, I don't I like – I've never liked how the NBA playoffs are as far as how many teams they have in it. I hate the playing tournament over there. I like the football expansion because, uh, you know, the Raiders never make the playoffs. Yeah, so, and it's uh, a shorter season. NFL? Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, – yeah, yeah, like, like only – Yeah, yeah only 17. Say, they just – extended the season. No, I mean like but, compared to others, you know, it's 17 fight for your freaking life games, you know. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But that's going to do it for halftime. Let's get back to the second half and we got more baseball to talk about. We're been talking spoiler. We're going to be talking Ramon mm-hmm. Laureano as he got his 80 game suspension as they found an Andrew loan in his system and we got our weekly awards before we get out of here and do our Predictions. So first off, let's talk spoiler. There's, right. there's one team every year that plays well down the stretch that ruins some teams' playoff chances. So let me say right here. Give me one team right. that's under 500 that is going to play the biggest spoiler down the stretch this season. I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. They've had some injuries. They didn't make a lot of trades. But they have veterans mixed with some young rising stars, and I like it. My prediction is they're going to spoil Cincinnati. They're going to get really close to the Padres and then lose it all. Damn. Pick St. Louis. I wouldn't like that because I, I mean, I'm mean, i a fan <laughs> of the Reds in this sense. Yeah. I want them to get that second wild card spot. I've, I've been pulling for them the whole season. But my <coughs> – sorry, cough. All good. Uh, my pick is going to be – the Colorado Rockies and I have no reason to not pick these guys because they 38 and 21 at home. They've been absolutely amazing this whole season at home. They've sucked on the road. We're not going to talk about that, (laughs) but they have been amazing at home and they play the most playoff teams out of any team uh, under 500 because they got three, three of them in their division. It's the Padres that's the Dodgers and that's the giants, obviously. So I'm going the other way. I think the Rockies are going to spoil the smart pick. Padres chances. The, and uh, you were telling me the Rockies have the best home record in the MLB, right? Uh, the second best, second just best. behind the White Sox, which is crazy for a that team is, that's ten games under 500. That is wild. So I mean, I'm I'm taking them without a doubt. All right, next up, we're talking Ramon. I'm wearing my A's shirt right now. You guys can't see it, obviously. Except for Skyler. Skyler can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm watching the A's game right now. We're A's fans. Josh Harrison got just got hit in the hand with a 93 mile an hour fastball. That's not good. Uh, he's a little pissed off, but you know he he's all good. Uh, but Ramon, 
our star right fielder now at this point was suspended for 80 games. I mean, you and me are going to know this the best. How much does this actually affect the A's? So right now, Starling Marte, Josh Harrison, you like to say Jay Hay. I think that's reserved already for a certain Atlanta outfielder. Atlanta, uh, so Joe not anymore. Har- not anymore, but that's when he. Yeah, but he's washed. We're talking okay. about Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward's completely washed. Okay, but Josh Harrison, Joe Hart. That's his oh, nickname. Cool. <laughs> and uh, Jan Gomes, of course, have been great so far this year. Uh, but I think it's really going to show in the long run when we get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy who's been a leader in the clubhouse, been arguably the heart and soul of our ace team of this regime. I think they're going to miss that a lot. So yeah. on paper right now, you know, we're, we're, we're filling in the holes. We're filling in the numbers, but that's what we're going to miss when the playoffs come. Yeah. I mean, this, a lot of people from the outside are saying that this is like the biggest loss ever. Like Ramon is a, I mean, he is a great player, but he has not been a great player this season for yeah. the most part. And I mean, I've, I've watched 300 of his plate appearances. I've watched just about every single time he's came up to at bat. I've watched all of his fielding appearances. I've, I've seen everything and he just has not been that same guy uh, that we've seen in previous years with him. And so I mean, I don't think it's going to affect us much more than it did before if Seth Brown plays to a league average. If he plays to a league average, then it's going to be completely fine. All right. All right. League average with his power numbers, too. A league average, just I'm not like a league average, like like statistic. League average is like a player, just total. As a value? Okay. Yeah. So average doesn't mean the stat, like actual batting average. I see. Just league average as a normal player. Yeah. But with that being said, if Seth Brown plays like shit, we have to play Piscotti. It's not going to work because you don't – I mean, you look at these really good playoff teams and they don't have that guy in their lineup that's like, okay, yeah, once we get here, we're going we, to we're gonna get this out and we're going to start momentum and carry back into innings and stuff like that. But, yeah. I mean, we'll miss his defense. Ramon's a great defender, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be as big as the thing as some of the mainstream media things are talking about because of Sterling Marte. I mean, he's yeah. been amazing press so far. He's 0 for 3 today, but he was 4 for 4 the game before, 2 for 5 the game before. He's 7 for 7 in stolen bases with Wiping us. bags. He's MVP Marte, in my opinion, since he's came to the A's. Obviously, he's not getting it. But, uh, yeah, I think these should be fine. Hopefully, they cop a wild card spot. I mean, I'm praying for the division, obviously, but I mean, who knows? That probably won't happen because Astros have a very easy schedule down the stretch. Mm-hmm. That's all I got on that one, though. Yeah, it's a tough subject. Yeah, touching uh, when one of your favorite players takes anabolic steroids. Uh-huh. All right, weekly awards, Skyler. Yeah. Want to start off with your player of the week? All right, my player of the week is going to be Eloy Jimenez. He comes back. And is on fire to start off the week. 409, four homers, 11 RBIs, four homers in back to back days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, him and TA had a kind of crazy back to back game yeah. stretch because uh, TA started off back to back games with a home run, like lead off. Uh, yeah. And then Eloy had two home runs in each of the two games uh, within the first like five innings of the game. I think he's like, Something like that's like the first player to ever do that. I have two home runs and five RBIs by the fifth inning in both games. And like, 
50 years or something like that. So that's good for him. Oh yeah. My player of the week is going to be CJ Crone though. He hit two grand slams with four total home runs, 13 RBIs and he hit 500. Yeah. Crone rate. I mean, I know you can score a lot of runs in Colorado, but I mean, those runs are still runs. So they count for me. Yeah. Pitcher of the week. All right. My pitcher of the week is a no brainer. I'm going with Zach Wheeler, complete game shutout. Gave up only two hits, one walk, and had 11 Ks against the Mets last week. I'm going with Zach Wheeler as well. I mean, that was on the same day that they retired Doc Holliday's number oh, yeah. in Philly. I forgot, I forgot to talk about that. My bad. Doc that Holliday was, the was one day of my favorite players. That the, the, yeah, that was pretty cool seeing his number get retired. Uh, that was the day that the Phillies swept the Mets to go up two and a half games in the division. I mean, that was a perfect day for Philly. And Big so game. Zach Wheeler stepped up to the occasion. And he answered. I mean, he set down 22 straight batters at a point, And the last Phillies pitcher to set down 22 straight batters was Doc, was Doc in his perfect game yeah. in 2010. So that's kind of crazy to see. But wow. I mean, Phillies have been the talk of this whole episode for sure. Yeah. What about rookie of the week? All right. My rookie of the week is going to go to the new Washington National, Josiah Gray, got him in the Trey Turner-Scherzer trade. Uh, he went five innings, gave up one run, and had 10 Ks at Atlanta in, it, I believe, his second start for the Nationals this year only. So that's uh, that's great to see. I'm not a, you know, saying I'm a Nationals fan, but it's, I, mm-hmm. I'm a pitcher guy. You know, I'm, I, I like to see the young guys taking over the game. Yeah, I am going to go with Luis Hill. I, I, I don't know how to say his last name because it just looks like either. Gill. But all the Yankees announcers have been calling it heel, Louis heel, Louis heel, stuff like that. So he is my rookie of the week because he's been dominating in his uh, couple starts. He only had one start in this last week, though. That's where he won five innings, eight Ks, no runs. I believe he only gave up two or three hits. It's been dominant. And his, his uh, first few performances in the bigs uh, and with the Yankees current state, I mean, a guy like this is, is huge for them. Great so, week for rookie pitchers. Yeah, he and speaking of another rookie pitcher, another a rookie pitcher for the A's just entered the game. AJ? His name's AJ Puck. Oh, Scott. that's a big call up, man. Man's got to love him. Oh, he's been hurt for fucking forever, it feels like. In his uh, one game this year, he threw three shutout innings against the Dodgers back when the Dodgers were beating everybody by 20 runs. Yeah. But he's back up. So oh, yeah. that, there's that. Let's get to our bets, though, shall we? Yeah. All right. We had a rough one in our bets this week. Uh, only one out of our four total bets hit. And it was my layup last week. I had the Rockies winning over the Cubs in a series, three-game series, and the Rockies took two out of three. I don't know why. I just like picking the Rockies. Yeah. Geller had the White Sox over Kansas City on Thursday. That did not happen. Was that the Salvador Perez game? Yes. Yes. Keiko let me down. That's tough. Mm -hmm. That is tough. But let's go to this week where I have the Giants over the Diamondbacks tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, Arizona sucks away from Arizona, but they also suck at Arizona, so that kind of defeats the point. Uh, Kevin Gosman's pitching for the Giants this game. Giants' best team in baseball. D-backs' worst team in baseball. Giants have one of their best pitchers going. I don't know who's going for the Diamondbacks, but it just seems like the easiest bet of all time. 
Yeah. And uh, I have a similar pick here going with San Diego over the Diamondbacks on Thursday. And I wrote this in just to be clear. This is the Darvish start. I've had surprisingly a lot of layups get rained out and it gets moved to a different day. Uh, but I'm if case does, I know they're playing. Uh, are they playing indoors? I mean, if they're playing in San Diego, no. But I mean, <laughs> it's not going to get rained out in either of those it's not. places. All right. But I just want to make sure Darvish uh, last week, Darvish started against the Diamondbacks and has career high in strikeouts. So oh. we're going to run it back with Darvish. OK, OK. Uh, let's go to our bold predictions where we failed. Mm-hmm. I had the over 16 runs in a Thursday game between Minnesota and Houston. I mean, if any game was going to do it, it's going to be this game. Two teams that have great offenses. I mean, Minnesota's pitching sucks, but Houston's pitching is meh sometimes. So I thought this was a good one to pick. Good one to go a little sporadic on. Did not pan out. I think there were seven total runs, but I was completely fine with it all because the Twins won the game. I love seeing the Astros lose. Yeah. Skyler had Joshua Dobbs scoring two TDs in the Hall of Fame game. That was a very low scoring game. 16-3, yeah. to three, the Steelers won it. Dobbs scored one touchdown, but I think Man. he – I wasn't watching that game, but Skyler did. Let me tell me you what he, happened. He almost got it. He, got, he had two drives at the end of the game. First drive, quick touchdown. Second drive at the end of the game, stopped at the five-yard line on a run. No touchdown. It was fourth Damn. and goal, by the way, if you didn't pick up what I was – Saying there, so only one touchdown. I picked down. up what you were putting down. I All got right. you. I got you. Let's get to bowl predictions this week. And I have the Jays sweeping the Mariners in Seattle. And this series, every single year that it happens, is so crazy because it turns into the Jays home away from home. They fill up Safeco, T-Mobile, whatever you want to call it, with all those Vancouver's. They go crazy <laughs> for their Blue Jays. I mean, there's there's gonna be forty thousand people there. Uh, over the weekend and probably 35,000. No, not 35. I'll, I'll go 30,000 of those fans are going to be Blue Jay fans because right. of how crazy they go. And I got the Jays sweeping them in Seattle. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with some summer league basketball. This one we won't know, likely won't know unless this team flames out uh, next week. But I just want to throw it out there. I have the Raptors winning the summer league championship. Uh, they have Malachi Flynn the guard from San Diego state. He's your ideal summer league guard. He's just a scoring machine. They let him take whatever he wants. And uh, Scotty Lewis is playing a lot of minutes. He's going to help Scotty defensively. Lewis? Scotty Barnes. Sorry. <laughs> Scotty Lewis. Who's Scotty Lewis? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Scotty Barnes, man, Scotty Barnes, number four overall pick out of Florida state is playing a lot of minutes. Great defensively. Mm-hmm. So I like the Raptors. It's a little, yes. uh, that's as bold as you could get for a bold prediction, but yeah, it was kind of throwing there. it out there. Looking at this, I was like, "Whoa, that's." I mean, we're picking Canadian teams. Yeah, we're picking picking the six on this one. Mm-hmm. We'll check back with Skylar's in a few weeks. We'll check back with my picks next week. It's been episode forty-eight. It's been a fun one. A little bit of sporadic because we didn't have that much to talk about besides the NL East just going yeah. absolutely crazy. Uh, episode forty-nine. Hopefully, we have more and bigger baseball headlines. We're going to def- definitely going to have more training camp news. Yeah. We're uh, definitely going to have some big injuries, unfortunately, after yeah. preseason week one. That's true. NBA summer league, blah, blah, blah. That stuff's there. I mean, our Twitter's out of max sports our Instagram's out of max sports, YouTube and TikTok's out of immaculate sports episode 48, which means our favorite 48s to a Tomas hurdle. 
Dave Stewart, <laughs> Jacob DeGrom, Skyler Corey Hunter. I didn't forget. Don't worry. All right. Skyler, you got anything to say besides go Jets? Um, go Ace. Yeah. All right. For sure. <laughs> All Have right. a good one, you guys.